me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Green Grass and White Bases podcast. We're really excited to have Rodrigo Espinel in the in the chat with us today. Rodrigo is student manager extraordinaire at Rutgers right now, working with the Rutgers baseball team. He's in his fifth year there. He started up his grad program, and he's still helping the team out. I mean, just the man that makes the operation run behind the scenes. So just a quick introduction for you guys on Rigo. He uh, played high school baseball here in New Jersey. He batted 515 his senior year in high school. Ton of hits, great ball player, hit a home run in his senior year, so he could really swing it at the plate. Even on the mound, I read an article recently. I had no idea that you used to pitch back in the day, but I read an article that's uh, right right from before your senior year saying that you were the ace on the team, and uh, the stats prove it. You had 20 Ks in 16 innings as a senior, so on the diamond, your prowess was was exceptional, and then your your role now behind the scenes is something that anybody at Rutgers can tell you is just is just invaluable. You make the operation run smooth. So, if there's if there's any other bio stuff that I missed, any other introduction stuff that you wanna you wanna let the people know, please do. But I hope I did you justice, man, because with uh, sure. without you, it's undoubted that the operation couldn't run the way it does. So, shed some light on uh, on your background. Let the people know who you are. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. E. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of you kind of hit everything. Uh, uh, the whole background in high school, played four year varsity uh, at Bergen Charter up at a charter school in Hackensack. I also was a two two year varsity bowling uh, uh, player uh, my junior and senior year, where senior year I, I was on a roll, um, but obviously uh, didn't make it to states, actually missed states by 14 pins and stuff like that. But it, it you 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 basically hit everything that that I would you know describe myself as. But yeah, but we're good. Yeah, uh, that's that's news to me, man. I wish I had known before now that you were a bowler. We might have had to hit the lanes a couple of times. But... <laughs> For sure. Hey, we still yeah. can. Yeah, that's awesome, man. A lot a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've we've had some conversation about kids playing different sports and stuff. So being in the bowling alley, getting your hand eye right with that stuff's got to be valuable, especially to say you turned around and hit five fifteen in the springtime on the baseball field. So that's no joke. So, yeah, I guess um, student manager doesn't seem to be an appropriate title. It seems like you do more than than the first impression of of that title holds. So just shed some insight onto like how you ended up here and what your day to day looks like. The 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 type of job that you do and the the role that you play in the Rutgers baseball program. Yeah. So um out of high school, I you know senior year applying to a bunch of schools, just trying to get my foot into you know the next level. Um, I still had college baseball in mind at the at the collegiate level. And, you know, after after the senior year that I had, I had a couple of D2 offers, um, but ultimately something that, you know, kind of took me back and actually like made me just rethink, uh, you know, whether I should go the baseball route or just go educational route was basically uh, was definitely my parents, um, just because, you know, something that they instilled in me was always, you know, education always comes first. And obviously, you know, I would love to be playing baseball still to this day. But at one point, it's always going to end. So I just kind of, you know, they didn't have the some schools that offered me uh, didn't have the major that I wanted to study. So I ultimately decided to actually Rutgers wasn't my first option. I was I was accepted to go to the University of New Haven and I went to a bunch of their sport management events and fell in love with the school. But ultimately, ultimately financial for financial reasons, I couldn't afford uh, to go to New Haven 
and I applied to Rutgers and thank God they accepted me. And what what's crazy is that I came to Rutgers without touring the campus, you know, knowing what they had major wise and stuff like that. So I took a really, a really big gamble uh, on that. But looking at back, looking back at it now, I, I don't regret anything that I made. Um, obviously, uh, with the whole student manager coming in my freshman year, I still want to be involved in sports just because, you know, I'm a huge baseball guy, but I also used to play soccer and basketball uh, back in my day. And um, I still wanted to be part of baseball. So the first thing I thought about was, okay, like, if I wasn't going to be able to play, I still wanted to do something and be part of, you know, a staff or a sport team. And that's when I reached out to a uh, current player of ops uh, for us at the baseball team, Peter Barron. And he was uh, nice enough to, you know, reach back out to me, give me an interview. And that's, that's where my, you know, that's where everything started with Rutgers. Um, but yeah, student manager, my first four years of undergrad was great. Um, obviously, freshman year was a whole different coaching staff than what it is now. And I, I could definitely say that where we're at now, it's, it's progressing in the positive route. Um, as a student manager, we do a bunch of stuff behind the scenes when it comes to, you know, getting ready, when it comes to helping Peter Barron out with, you know, travel, meal, uh, team meals, um, on the field, basically setting up or, you know, hitting fungos, throwing BP, stuff like that, just to help the coaches out, you know, so they have one less thing that they that they have to worry about. And, you know, we have so much stuff that, that goes on, you know, up in the office with, you know, our rep soto, bats, other other uh, other pitching machines that we use uh, to help our players and our coaches, you know, get to that extra level where we want to achieve at. Yeah, no doubt, man. I think the the role you guys play in making everything run smoothly, I think uh, the impression a lot of people get is that we just show up to the field, we practice practice ends we lift lift ends we go play on the weekends and there's not a ton of like credence paid to how things run behind the scenes to make sure everything stays smooth so it, just incredible value that that you and pete and the rest of those guys add to make sure that everything runs smoothly i definitely want to dig deeper into that subject but i heard you talk about the value of making sure you had the right major and the value of like getting a fit financially location wise all that stuff when it comes to picking a school so if you could shed some light on that for us and just like how how important it was for you coming out of high school to make sure you found a place that had the major you wanted found the place that kind of fit your budget and fit the mold that you needed for a college like just speak on the importance of those aspects yeah I mean kind of going back to what I was saying before where you know financially I didn't really you know have the money to go to a school to be paying twenty thousand dollars a year just to attend for a four-year school not counting grad graduate school um it's definitely it's definitely a huge decision for anyone to make but it's it's definitely something that is important just because at the end of the day you don't want to be in debt, you know, over $150,000 rather than, you know, going to a cheaper school, which Rutgers is still, you know, gave me more financial uh, financial help. But Rutgers is still Rutgers is one of the top schools in the country. And so it that didn't really make me, you know, regret my decision just because I knew what Rutgers, you know, stood for and what it still stands for. So that's definitely something that I can say, you know made the decision quote unquote a little easier just because I knew that, yeah, maybe I didn't go uh, and tour the campus before I accepted uh, my letter, but 
I also knew that Rutgers had a great name for itself. So like, regardless, I still was going to make the most out of it, out of it. Right. And I think that's a really important thing. I know when we do the summer camps that coach Garza runs at bait and field, like he always has us coaches break down some, some recruiting stuff to the players. And we always say, as you mentioned, right? Like how important the education is. And you said your parents stressed that to you. I know I went through the same thing. I think a lot of guys have a similar experience going from high school to college, but that's an aspect that I think a lot of people miss is that first off, if your education is really important to you and you can understand how important your GPA is as a metric to your career, then opportunities open up for you educationally where you can kind of have that ability to get that financial aid or get whatever it is to make sure your parents aren't shouldering the entire burden of you going to school. I know some guys have an opportunity where their parents help them out. Some guys don't have that opportunity, but whoever's paying that bill at the end of the day, if you understand the importance of your education, you're going to have better opportunities and you're going to be able to make sure you can get through that college experience at the school that you want because more opportunities open up for you. So yeah. I'm definitely yeah. glad that you were able to bring that up and touch on that. Yeah. Kind of going, just going back a little bit on, on, on the importance of, you know, you know, just regardless of whether, whether or not you get the financial money that you want out of high school, doesn't mean that you can't get to where you want to get to. You know what I mean? That's kind of something that a bunch of, I feel like a bunch of kids now these days, feel that, okay, I'm not getting this money. I'm never going to get it. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you end. You know what I mean? That's something that's really important for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's where that foundation is super important, where if you can have that base of my grades are crucial to me getting to the next level academically or athletically, then we, you can definitely have that understanding of, okay, if I continue to do this throughout my college career, things are going to open up for me. So I think just to that vein, like a lot of guys will say, oh, I want to play baseball at this school, or I want to play baseball at that school, whatever, whatever the name might be. It's just important to realize how many factors go into deciding on where you go to school. And of course, your your experience is a little bit different, but you've become part of our community the same way, you know, same way any guy that's on the field is. And for you to have that same perspective academically, I think speaks volumes where it's like we need to have our grades right. We need to make sure we're in a position where we can kind of have some fun when we're at school instead of worrying about nickel and dime and everything. Mm -hmm. So all of the components that go into picking where you're going to end up at at the next level are important, no matter where you fall into the team dynamic. So that's that's awesome that you were able to shed that light and you had that experience. Um, so touch on the difference. Give us a little bit of insight into like what you guys do in the office. I know we use the BATS technology, at least when I was there. I mean, maybe it's changed since since two years ago when I was there. The same. Yeah, let us know what that technology looks like, what the video system looks like. I try to give some people that have asked me a preview of what those cameras look like at the field, even at home and on the road. And then the role that you guys play on game day, right? I know before the game, like you said, you guys are hitting fungos and shooting fly balls out of the machine. And then you go right back behind the behind the backstop and you're getting VLOs and making sure everything's recorded. So give us as broad of a scope of that as you can, you know, however much time you want to take and just let us know like what it, what it looks like operationally in the office, on the field, like what's a game day look like um, in your role? Yeah. So um, the one, one major, you know, tool that we use is bats, uh, bats side X. It's basically a quote unquote online book that, uh, that connects to four cameras that we have behind home plate, in center field and on, you know, down first and third baseline. And it's basically, you know, we start all four cameras at the same time. 
And it's basically an online book where you, you know, mark the game as it is. And it automatically, it doesn't connect to each camera because at the end of the day, at the end, you have to download the chips and stuff like that and line it up. Um, but it's it's been, I feel like it's been a huge help for 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 our, you know, our club now, just because a bunch of our guys and coaches as well use those, use that film to basically, you know, change a batter or a pitcher with their mechanics. You know, it's something that you can get from all four angles. So you can see a different angle and a different move, uh, movement for each pitch for every single at bat. So if you, you know, when when you when you were with us uh, two years ago, if you wanted to see, you know, let's say you were facing Ryan Lasko, second at bat, you want to see what you threw, you know, the third pitch of that bat, you can go and manually check that exact pitch because everything that we record will go from pitch to pitch. It, it, there's no, you know, there's no pitch that's, that's ever skipped. And I feel like now as with the role that I have where I'm quote unquote overseeing our, our other student managers now, um, I know uh, RJ, uh, he's the one that's basically taking the role that I had last year with being responsible with, you know, doing the badge during the game, lining it up after the game, you know, compressing the entire video and posting it on the web for all the guys to see. Um, but it's it's important, just like the rap soto is important. You know, everything that we've used or that we have right now has helped us to get to where we are, where we're at now, and it's gonna help us get, you know, even better. Um, but during a game day, um, everything's different. So it all depends on whether we're home or away. But usually on a regular home game day, we'll get down to the field, let's say stretches at 10.30 in the morning for our one or two o'clock game. We'll be down there at 9.30 setting up the field for regular BP. Um, and while we're setting up the field and the outdoor cage for, for BP, um, we have one of our other uh, undergraduate student managers basically setting up the, tri the four tripods that, that I was telling you before uh, at each angle and basically making sure that everything with the camera is ready so that when BP is done and we have one of our student managers on the field to help with IO, right after IO, IO is done, all we have to do is press start on the camera and everything will be, will be, will be set. Um, and then obviously, you know, a day or two before, before the series at home, We'll go out to either Walmart or ShopRite, stuff like that. Just buy game snacks for the weekend for all of our guys to have um, throughout the throughout the game. And I mean, that's that's just a little bit of what we do, you know. Pre-game, you know, post-game, we'll go back up top, you know, download all the chips for the cameras, line up the games, compress it, and do all that stuff. And that, you know, it might quote unquote sound easy, but it just takes time. You know, it takes you don't just do a game in 30 minutes and be done with it. You know, it takes 30, 40 minutes just to download the chip on our hard drive while you're lining it up, making sure that, you know, you fix, you fix any mistakes that you, that you made during the game. It, that, that'll be another, you know, 20 minutes. And then it takes an hour, hour and a half just to compress the videos, not, you know, and then I put another hour or so to upload on the web. So it does, it does take some time, but it's definitely, it's definitely something that, we're blessed that I can say that, you know, we're blessed to have just because I know a bunch of schools don't really have that. Uh, they'll just go the rap sort of route. But this, you know, using batch is something that we we definitely, you know, 
try to use as much as possible, even for inner squad games as well. I'm glad that you finished off there at the end saying, you know, it sounds easy because that's the one thought I had in my head the whole time is like, you you know, from a, from a former player's perspective, like we would go on the bats website, we would check these pitches and it was like, Oh, I, you know, I struck out this guy on the fourth pitch of the at bat in the sixth inning with two outs. And, you know, we go throw it on Instagram and it's like, yeah, that's sick for us. But the, all the behind the scenes work that goes into that, man, like, the just the ability that you guys have to make sure all of that data is compiled is awesome for us as players to go over, but also like the value of, I know a couple episodes ago on the podcast, I had a conversation about how it's tough to make adjustments on the things that we can't measure. So when you guys have the ability to give us all of this feedback from the video, from the rap Soto, from our, you know, scoring the game that's available on the bats program, we have the ability as players to go back and check our adjustments, but then the coaches have the ability to pull that same stuff so that everybody's speaking the same language. So exactly. I think just the the ability that you guys give us to make sure the operation runs smoothly is something that couldn't be accomplished otherwise. I know you brought up RJ Gomez, another another awesome guy that that works with you um, as, a, as a student manager there. We've had guys in the past, Danny Newton, Jimmy Catanza, right, who's working yeah. in the Athletic Center now. All these guys that have come through, man, Pete Barron has really, has really hooked it up and, uh, and put together a dream team of guys behind the scenes that are making sure everything runs well. I don't want to skip over you talking about going and buying the dugout snacks because that's a note I had here. Just a little something that we throw in there. I know – what I want you to tell the story on, because I'm sure I couldn't do it as much justice as you could, is just how popular the Uncrustables have become in the Rutgers baseball dugout. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Uncrustables with all of our guys, even to this day, is probably the number one favorite uh, snack to have during game day. And I know with your dad, with uh, with JR, uh, we usually go Thursday whenever we land, and we'll just go to Walmart and just buy all the snacks, and we always – double up on Uncrustables because we know by Saturday after 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 Saturday's game it will all be gone you know what I mean so it's it's definitely it's definitely you know quote unquote I guess you can say more word but it's something that that it's still value especially uh, from all of our guys what's what's awesome is that you know throughout all of our conversation so far you've been like you know what it it takes work this takes work that takes work and I think when when we talk about it or we look at it from a player's perspective all the time, I think it's kind of, it kind of almost goes without saying that like, okay, I have to work hard in the weight room. I have to work hard in the classroom to make sure I stay eligible. I have to work hard and practice on my reps or whatever the situation might be. But it's awesome to see that like how that grind mentality applies to baseball as a whole, like to have a guy like you behind the scenes, that's like, you know what? Yeah, it's going to take work, but that's my job. And I have to make sure I hold up my end of the bargain. So what, what I want to touch on from there is I know we've had some conversation on the pod before about the combination of, or the pairing with of like that grind mentality and how much we love it. So I, I would love for you to just give us some insight into like how, how that how that equation plays in your head like even though it's all this work like what does it mean to you how 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 important is it and you know how much do you love the game through your lens for sure um i feel like everything you know in order to be successful everything comes with hard work no matter what um i feel like to get to where you want to get to you know to be big 10 champs to 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 make a regional to win and just keep going it will take hard work and it will just take dedication and I definitely, that's something that, you know, 
works and is involved and like it's important in the sport world not just baseball you know what i mean i feel like me personally i i love the game of baseball you know um played started playing baseball at four or five years old and there has not been a moment where i was just like all right i'm done i'm not gonna do this anymore it was something that there was always something something new that i learned or something that just pushed me to love the game even more and i feel like especially with the role that i have now you know a bunch of guys you know we had a couple guys you know come and go but in reality the guys that are still there where we have you know rj gomez we have matt we have two new managers in adam and ken you know they wouldn't be there or they they still wouldn't be there if they didn't love the game and at the end of the day that's what it comes down to you know you can be a ops guy for a baseball team or a soccer team and just work a regular nine to three job and just go home. But you don't see guys or girls doing that today. You know what I mean? You They're, they're in the office till eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. You know, we had a, a prospect camp a couple of weeks ago and, you know, Mike Garza called me at midnight to make sure that, you know, I'd be there at, at you know, the next morning at 8 a.m. And he was just leaving the office. And, you know, it's it, it, everything comes with grind, but you also have to love the game in order for you to be successful within the game, you know? Right. It's awesome to see how that love for the game and that passion can bring people together. I know the community that gets built around just the love for baseball, man. It's awesome to see. And it's cool to see how many different pieces have to fit together to make things come together that the way that you know, we want them to, whether it's from a coaching side or a playing side or from an op side or from an operational side, like all everybody wants to do is be successful. All anybody wants to do is win. And I think there are certain situations where people can say, you know what? I don't really want to go to practice today. You know what? I want to get in and out of here as a coach. I want to hit my fungos and get out or, you know, I'm going to go set up VP and then I'm going to leave. Like, I think those are the situations where success doesn't become as present. And I think the the value in, in your piece there is that when you have a bunch of guys lined up who love the game as much as the people do at Rutgers, right? That's where the success really comes from. And I think that can be applied to whatever team. Obviously, in our context, we're going to talk about it from a Rutgers baseball lens. But I think that passion for the game being your centerfold and being the roots of where everything else branches out of that's what leads that's what lends itself to success to see how each piece is really important and if everybody can do their job really well because they love their job now we're really cooking now we're on a roll and we're getting to where we need to be and obviously like the love for the game you know if you love the game as much as you say you do you know going to the field setting up bp in my in my perspective isn't a job you know it's it's a hobby it's something that i love that i love to do because yes that is my job but in reality you know it's something that you know i'm dedicated to because i love the game because it'll it'll get me you know closer to my end goal and what i want to achieve so you know going going into the office or going you know to practice every day doesn't feel like a job for me it's it's it feels like a hobby it feels like it's something that i love to do yeah. How fortunate are we? I know we've talked about before, like the have to versus the get to mentality. Right. So like the 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 guys that, you know, we're 
trying to keep at arm's distance are the guys that say, oh, I have to go to the field today or I have to go to the office today. And it's it's awesome that you're able to have that perspective of I get to go do this today. Like you wake up in the morning, you're excited. It doesn't feel like work. You're getting after it because this is what you want to do. Like it's so cool for me to have these conversations with everybody that's been on so far. And everybody has that same mentality, man, where it's like, how lucky are we to be so involved in this game that we get to do it every day? Instead of, instead of saying, you know, I have to go to the office, I have to go to work. It's like, yeah, I get to go to the field. What's not sick about that. So fun one to, to kind of cap this section here. I know when I finished up at Rutgers, I was getting really frustrated that my, my fungo job was getting taken over by these three wheel machines that were launching fly balls and ground balls. So which do you prefer as a, as a guy that, that's a high level fungo guy. Do you like hitting them the traditional way or do you like having that bucket and throwing them into the machine? Oh no. Traditional way. A hundred percent. Um, I feel like <clears throat> especially last year where, you know, I got more on the field when it comes to hitting uh, fungos pregame, it's something that, you know, it's, it's not the same as if you just fed a machine every single time, you know, it's, it's just not. And I feel like hitting fungos is definitely, you know, up there over the just taking the easy way out and just using the machine and being like, okay, like whatever, like just keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. No, I know exactly what you mean. I, I want it. I always want to hit the fungos. I think what was really fun for me was somebody else would be on fungos one day on the picture sheet and I'd get a call from Dan DiGiorgio or Kevin Welsh or Cam Love or one of those guys and say, E, I need you to come in here and pick this guy up. So I, it was definitely, it definitely hurt me a little bit when uh, Kyle Pederudo comes in with the three wheel machine the one day and is just launching fly balls. I mean, that thing's got some ability, man. I can't, I can't hit the ball the way that thing shoots them, but there's definitely some pride in hitting some good fungos that just doesn't come when you're sitting there loading them into the machine. So I'm glad we agree. I'm glad we agree. Before we get deep into the baseball stuff here, I know you and I have another thing in common and that's Mets fandom. What do you got on the Mets? Where do you think Jacob deGrom's going to end up? And how do you think big Steve Cohen is going to iron out this free agent situation this offseason? Hey, all, all I could say is that I believe in Uncle Stevie. Um, he He's in, he, he's an owner for the Mets. He bought the Mets out not to do, you know, what the previous owners did. Um, I feel like he's in there to win now and win for the future. So trust me, he, believe it or not, he, you know, I'm a huge DeGrom advocate. Uh, he's someone that obviously, I mean, you could probably agree with me, some, someone that we look up to. Um, and I, I definitely will be a little hurt if I see him in a in a different uniform come, you know, March and April. Yeah, DeGrom is definitely a guy that we want back in New York uh, playing, for, playing for the Metropolitan. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, like you said, Uncle Steve's got big pockets. So for hopefully sure. he can work something out where JD's back on our squad in the springtime. But, yeah, I mean, it would it would be very Mets of them to uh, to find a way to flounder this free agent situation, especially with the number of guys they got. But, um, you know, we hope we hope under the new management that's in place now that we start to turn a corner as Mets fans and we start to land some of these guys that we wouldn't have in the past. For sure. So we touched on earlier a little bit about just like being a part of that baseball community. And I think I know speaking from like a like a travel ball lens now, I think there's a lot of guys growing up that don't appreciate the people that are in positions like yours, where it's like, listen, I'm a player. There's some separation between like 
the you know maybe the managers in high school that do the book and report the stats to the newspaper and then we were fortunate enough at Rutgers where like that doesn't exist right like I know you were always in an apartment living with guys that were on the team. You're you're tight with all of the boys on the team. You're a huge piece in the Rutgers athletics community. So just shed some light on the importance of that, the ability to like have the right people around you, build the community, and then just your your piece in it and how it's been, you know, your experience fitting into that mold in, during your time at Rutgers. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, going freshman year, uh, I remember going into first day of practice. Well, for me, uh, in in November of my freshman year, uh, we were actually inside, uh, practicing that day. And from the jump, you know, I had a bunch a bunch of the guys came up to me with like Parker, the Georgia Welsh, uh, you. Um, so I definitely feel like you know, quote unquote, as a student manager, you know, you guys and and or you and the other guys, um, didn't really make me feel you know any different you guys uh, treated me as one of the guys on the team as if I was a player and it's definitely something that you know transitioned into you know me living with a couple of the guys you know sophomore junior senior year and now to this day and it's definitely something that I feel like it's you know from a manager's perspective it's something that we appreciate a lot just because you know you can just you, uh, you know as a player you can just be like, okay, like he's a student manager, or whatever. Like, you know, just keep him off to the side. But Rutgers baseball, you know, the guys on on the team didn't do that and hasn't done that. You know, my five six years that I've been, well, fifth year. But um, you know, anyone that came on the team, they automatically, you know, made them feel as if they were an actual player. So from that perspective, it's definitely something that helps you grow as a person, and it definitely helps you build more connections. I think that speaks a lot to your personality and I think it speaks a lot to like a team culture type of situation where you you came in there I remember day 1 like I don't remember the exact story but one of your first days at practice somebody was giving you a hard time about something whether it was like having a bucket at the right place or hitting yeah. fungos or something and you were like you were like don't worry bro I got you like either ran the bucket out or like drilled a sick backhand fungo yeah. on the next rep so it was like all right like we're going to rally around Rigo like this is our guy immediately and it, it like couldn't have blossomed in more into that like when when you need something done you're the man for the job and I think too from a team culture perspective, like it, it kind of ties everything together. We're talking about this have to versus get to mentality. Right. And I think the, the culture that we were under there and that you're still under there is so much of like each part of this machine has to work together to make sure we're successful. But also like part of that have to versus get to mentality is like either I get to go be with my boys today, or I have to go be with the, with these guys today. And yeah. I think understanding that like, Oh, we get to be around each other. Like we, like this is an opportunity. This is a privilege that we have and making the most of it instead of saying, man, I don't want to hang around this guy or like, what's this guy doing here? So, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things. I'm sure I'm sounding a little repetitive about just like the, just how, how awesome it is to have you and the rest of the managers around making sure everything runs smoothly and we get, you know, we get everything done the way it's supposed to be done. But it was awesome for me to see like your, how you were able to like get, get yourself in there and make your, make your presence known and say, listen, guys, like I'm going to, I'm going to steer this ship in the right direction for my end. Because I think too, there's a certain element to it where it's like, 
you take your job so seriously that you end up providing an example for everybody that you're around, right? Like when we look over our shoulder, Rigo's grinding to make sure his end of the job is done to perfection. So I better hold up my end of the bargain too. Otherwise, otherwise I know Rigo's going to get on me the same way, whatever the older guy or the captain might get on me. Yeah. So you don't, you don't leave any room for excuses, man. You, you do a hell of a job. So earlier on, you touched a little bit on, what your job looks like on the road and some responsibilities that you have. And I mean, outside of the dugout snacks thing, as fun as that might be, what is, what are your responsibilities on travel day? And then what does your weekend look like once we land and we're on the road, making sure everybody's settled for the games? Yeah. So prior to us leaving, cause we usually would leave on Thursdays just cause we'd play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then travel back Sunday night. So prior to Thursday, right after practice on Wednesday, we basically pack all of the bags. So we pack two to three bags of BP baseballs. We pack the infield bag, the pitcher's bag, um, and all the small little things that we need to use uh, for the weekend. And we'll, tr- uh, we'll we'll pack that all up and then set it uh, in the locker room under under the TV that we have up front. And um, pr- uh, right after that, we'd go up to the office and with Pete, uh, we'd basically make a whole checklist and make sure that we have everything that we need for the weekend. And we have, you know, everyone that every guy is responsible to take something. Um, we just make sure that that's confirmed. And we basically make sure that the guys know, you know, what they need to take on top of their suitcase and uh, on top of the, on, on top of the suitcase that they need for the weekend. Um, Cause every, you know, that goes with, with every, with every program. We basically, uh, everyone basically is responsible for something. Um, and then on the day of the, the day that we travel, there's not much that needs to be done other than making sure that the guy that's responsible to take that BP bag or the pitcher's bag takes it before we get on the bus. Um, and then, you know, before we, we, we leave uh, Rutgers, you know, just counting up the guys, make sure, making sure that we don't leave someone behind. And the rest of the day, the rest of the travel is basically, you know, smooth. It's not anything that we don't really do, have to do anything much other than, you know, get the game snacks once we land, you know, with the rental car that we will get uh, with JR, with your dad. Um, during, you know, during the weekend, during Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, just basically making sure that, you know, our pitching machine in terms of like bats is, uh, is all charged up. Uh, the iPad, the Surface, you know, the cameras are all charged up. And, you know, just making sure that the game snacks are set, you know, in the back of the dugout for each game day. And then, obviously, after every game, we make sure that the bats would be up by that night. And, obviously, in some cases with hotels and Wi-Fis, we, we didn't have, you know, the ability to do that. So we'd make, we'd make sure that it was up that next morning. You know, we'd either go to a Starbucks nearby or somewhere nearby that had that had better Wi-Fi to upload those videos so that the guys could have, you know, if they want to see their bat prior to game two or prior to game three. And then on Sunday nights after after the game, we basically pack everything up uh, while the guys are showering after the game, post-game, making sure that the post-game meals are set, you know, in order by by either last name or by by jersey number, just so that once the guys are done changing. Uh, showering and changing all they have to do is come out with their bag grab their food grab whatever equipment they gotta they gotta take on the bus and get and hop on the bus and we're just going straight to the airport to get to catch a flight back to newark but that's just like an overall you know 
an overall view of what we do on weekends. Obviously, there's small little minor things that we do, you know, that isn't something that happens every week. Obviously, you know, with, you know, delays on planes and, and stuff and on flights and stuff like that, you know, we, we have to help uh, Pete out with stuff with, with that, with those issues. But that all comes on, you know, depending on whether whether we have to do those uh, uh, fix those mistakes and stuff like that. It's awesome what you guys are able to accomplish in such small windows. I know like a lot of the times when it's whether it's setting us up, I know those travel days on Thursdays get hectic and you guys are grinding to make sure everything gets where it needs to be. Everybody gets where they need to be. And that whole operation, like it can't be like a home alone situation, especially as we're nearing the holidays now. We're like where's Kevin? Like you can't have that. And you guys are responsible for everything from where are the baseballs to where's Kevin. So making sure that whole front end of it runs smoothly. And then it's still funny to me how you just almost skipped over that whole operational piece in the middle during the weekend. Cause I know we had meetings, hitters had meetings, pitchers had meetings every morning after breakfast, going over video of who the starting pitcher was, who the, who's in the lineup today, like what the hitters look like. And if it wasn't for the video and the data and the stuff that you guys are compiling, that just wouldn't even be an option for us. So it's funny to see how like, you're like, yeah, that's just, that's just part of the job. That's just what we do. And it's on a daily basis where you guys are up late after the game grind and making sure we have that at our disposal. And then I know from like a final piece for me, it's like, when I'm going over this process with anybody that asks me, it's like, yeah, you know, we travel on Thursday, we go play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we come home Sunday after the game and that's it. And then we're back and we do it all over again. But the, what role you guys have in making sure everything from getting us on the bus, getting us on the plane, making sure we have what we need to hopefully win games on the weekend, making sure we're fed, making sure our laundry gets collected, making sure everybody's back on the plane and everybody gets home in one piece. And then the job doesn't stop there. The same way we might hit the reset button as players, you guys hit the reset button and you still got to go to class at 8 a.m. on Monday after getting in late on a flight. And then just just how that that all breaks down. So it's awesome to see how you're so set in it now and you've gotten so good at making this thing look easy. Like you've said earlier that it's just like, yeah, that's just, that's just what we do. That's just that way the operation runs. So it's awesome to see that stuff, man. Yeah. So obviously, you know, me explaining what the, you know, weekend looks like, obviously might not sound so stressful, but when, when you're in that situation and you're trying to make sure that everything is perfect, there are, there's always going to be stress, you know what I mean? But it all goes back to to what I was saying before, with the love of the game, you know, we, we do it not because we're forced to, it's just a hobby. It's something that we want to do because, you know, it's not a task. It's actually, it's like, you know, just the love for the game and the right. love for winning. Right. Of course. And it's like, you know, it might even be higher stress for you guys because you can't miss a pitch. Like we have to have all that data recorded and you guys are the ones making sure that happens. I know like from a pitcher's perspective, right? Like, yeah, two outs in the base is loaded with two strikes. You want to make sure you get that guy out instead of giving up a bomb, man. You got to make sure your timing's right. You got to make sure the video cameras are set up rain or shine, whatever the conditions you got, you guys have that high octane every pitch. So it's, it's awesome what you guys are able to accomplish even with the pressure on your shoulders and it's sick to just be on a player's side and say yeah i know rigo's got me and i punched out that four hitter from iowa with the bases juiced in the seventh inning so i'm gonna go throw that on my instagram i guess uh i guess back in the day before i was uh on this side of the fence i could have given you a tag or two in the uh in the instagram stories or something <laughs> to give you to give you some more love but yeah man it's i mean just just how like behind the scenes that operation is able to run like it's so it's so sick to see the benefit of all that stuff and you guys being able to make that happen 
give a shout out to the rest of the guys on your team. I know being a couple of years removed from it now, I don't have the insight that I used to. Obviously, Pete Barron does an awesome, an awesome job as the director of player ops there, making sure all this stuff uh, can take place. But give a shout out to the rest of the guys on your team, maybe some of the guys that um, were there when you were younger and just the the role that they've played in, in getting you to the point you're at now. Yeah, so um, obviously starting off uh, my freshman year, it wasn't a, an easy transition just because obviously – you know, as a as an incoming freshman, you don't know, you know, you don't you don't know what to expect, especially, you know, taking on the whole manager role for the for baseball for a division one uh power five uh school. Um, but I definitely have to give a shout out to Jimmy, who uh I can say at the time my freshman year, he was a senior. Yeah, he was a senior who is now and now he's working with uh what's it called? He's working with field hockey and softball at Rutgers University. So he definitely is, he's definitely somebody I got to give a big shout out to just because he kind of was the one who helped me and molded me into into who I am today uh, from a manager's perspective. Um, and we had a bunch of guys, you know, Danny Newton, who just uh, recently graduated from grad school last year. We have uh, uh, RJ Gomez, who's currently a junior uh, at Rutgers. We also have Matt Marcel, who's a sophomore. We have Ken and uh, and Adam, who are new student managers that we just got uh, this past September, and they've been a huge addition to to the to the team. Just because you know, as as much as I would want to be there every single every single practice and every single you know inner squad, I do have a class schedule now with grad school where it's not like undergrad where I can just make my schedule around practice. With grad school, there's one specific schedule. So I'm usually not even there for practice until towards the end, the, the second half of practice on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And by having both of them on uh, on the team, it's definitely been a huge help on all of us, and especially the coaches. They, they can they can vouch for them too uh, as well just because, you know, I'm not there Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Maybe RJ has class on a Thursday, but we have Ken and Adam who can, who will be there and can be there, you know, every, every single day. And it's, it's just been a huge, a huge, huge addition to us. And it's just, you know, making us better. And what has that been like it from you personally growing from a guy coming in your freshman year, who was kind of learning the ropes and figuring out how all this stuff plays now to being the guy that's kind of running the show from a manager's perspective and making sure all these guys are in the right place at the right time, understanding, you know, what, what the job entails, how has that development been? And what does that look like from your perspective, just growing from newcomer as a freshman into the position you have now? Yeah. So um, coming in this year, obviously coming back as a, as a grad uh, student manager, basically uh, being given the the responsibility of getting you know being in charge of our student managers and just making sure that you know I know exactly where what the schedules are so I, we have at least two or three guys at every single practice and even when I'm not there Tuesdays and Wednesdays you know making sure that you know we have enough guys that can help the coaching staff run a easy and smooth practice and I could definitely say it's it's a little different than what I was doing the past four years just because. I was always the guy that, you know, was up in the office a bunch of hours before practice, just making sure that, you know, we had cameras, we had the, the surface, we had bats all, all up to date and stuff like that. To now where we gave that responsibility to RJ, 
and I'm basically there to help him with any questions that he, that he uh that he has or any of our student managers to be honest just anything that you know I was taught is what I'm trying to teach them just to make them not only to benefit you know just to help us out but also to make them into a better person off the field yeah that has to be cool to be in a position now where you can you can look back with some reflection like that and say you know what i was in your shoes once and now it's just still how important it is to you to make sure that you kind of leave the legacy of like listen as long as i've been here things have been done the right way and i want to make sure that my buddies that are on my team can make sure that happens even when i'm not here so in that vein Talk a little bit about how baseball has given you an opportunity to pursue your education. Like I know you said in the in the top of the show, like you didn't even have Rutgers as your number one school coming out of high school. How has that changed now into like, did you always have a plan to go to grad school? What did your academic kind of outlook look like earlier on in your career? And how has baseball been able to provide you with that opportunity to pursue further education? Yeah, so, you know, like I was saying before, my initial plan was to go to University of New Haven. Looking back at it now, I'm happy and I'm thrilled that I didn't go that route just because you never, I don't really know where I would be at if I took that route rather than just taking the safe route and going to Rutgers. So I definitely, I definitely am happy that I made that decision by coming here. And it, and it's been, it's been great. It's been a, it's been a blast. I mean, coming into, going, coming into college uh, back, you know, four and a half years ago now, um, I knew I wanted to be in sports. I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And ever since, you know, I stepped foot on the baseball field uh, at Baton Field, <clears throat> it's given me, you know, more confidence and, you know, more of an, un of an uh, understanding of what I want to do and just, you know, staying in the, in the sport world of baseball. Um, it's definitely something that, you know, Rutgers baseball has given me a bunch of opportunities in terms of, internships working at Domination the past two summers um and just different you know different tasks uh and different uh you know quote unquote you know steps to get to where I want to get to but I could definitely say now that I'm happy with the, the decision that I made by coming to Rutgers just because of all the opportunities that that I've had and that I'm you know gonna have in the future it's cool to see throughout these conversations how like one thing leads to another in a way that we might not have thought about, you know, earlier on in our careers, because I think speaking from like a, from like a high school travel ball lens, right? Like a lot of these guys try to get all the dominoes to fall a certain way when they're in high school, trying to line up their future. There's definitely merit to that. By no means am I saying don't have a plan, but it's funny to see how sometimes that plan falls a different direction than you initially intended. And then it always seems to end up working out in a way that's super beneficial that you couldn't have foreseen even going into that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, that's kind of definitely that's something that, you know, what I was saying before, um, you know, something that I always live by is that if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you end. You know, you can go to a two-year community college because you don't have, you know, if you don't have the grades or if you don't, if, if it's a fi uh, financially, if it if it works out to go to a two-year uh, community college, that's fine. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you go. It matters where you end up and how, you know, what you do to get to that end goal that you want to achieve. And that's that I've just been uh, riding that wave in terms of, of that 
and just you know if it's meant to be it's meant to be that's that's something that i i always go by yeah certainly i think sometimes especially in in this game or I'm, i mean i'm sure it applies to other parts of life too but just from our lens like the further you go the further like you said the further you ride the wave of baseball the more things come up the more potential that that presents itself that again, like when you're going at it from a high school lens of where should I go to college? Maybe that's another piece to be considered is like, where have guys like Rigo who are joining our program ended up? What opportunities have come up for him? Maybe that's a guy I look to and say, you know what, if he came in as just a kid that wanted to stay involved in sports and now he has internship opportunities and he's playing a management role within the team, like that kind of stuff is hard to foresee when you're a senior in high school but those opportunities certainly exist. And it's awesome. It's awesome to, you know, have the perspective now of looking back and saying baseball has been able to provide that for me quickly touch on, I'd love to hear about your experience at diamond nation. I know our guys at the baseball warehouse spend a ton of time there. And I know when I'm there, I'm always hitting you up trying to see if you're in the office that day, but hopefully now uh, we get some reach out and those guys will recognize your face if you're ever around. So just touch on what, what that experience has been like, what your role was there. Yeah, so um, I have nothing but love for Domination. You know, I went, I started working at Domination two years ago uh, just because I was looking for an internship job. And I still had, I was living off uh, off campus at, in New Brunswick. And, you know, I was paying for a 12-month lease. So I was like, might as well just stay down in South Jersey and try to find a job down there. And it was just my luck that I came across Domination um, when they were uh, in the process of trying to look for interns. For that summer and you know reached out to marty clark and jim uh rube and they were they were you know kind enough to give me an uh an, an interview and still knowing that you know i was still part of baseball at Rutgers, they knew that you know i probably wouldn't have started at the exact time that they wanted me to start but they knew that you know they would give they they, they gave me the shot to you know start up right after right after our season was done but it, it's been it's been great. It was great over there uh, at Diamond Nation, you know, as an intern, being uh, a, a tournament director and just helping out, you know, making sure that the tournament, that each game <clears throat> starts on time, making sure that umpires have baseball, making sure that the scorekeeper isn't sleeping on their uh, on their job um, and just make doing the small little things uh, just to help the concourse run how it's supposed to run. And obviously when we have uh college scouts and MLB scouts they're just making sure that they're you know that they're good with anything that they need you know if they need you know a roster package stuff like that just helping those guys out in that in that scenario um and then last uh last summer basically I stayed and worked there all fall and spring winter and obviously with with baseball I couldn't work in the spring but I started up again last May and I was basically given the opportunity to get more of a, of an office role in terms of administration, in terms of, you know, creating and helping create the grid for each tournament, you know, making the pools, uh, doing insurance, you know, doing rosters, stuff like that. Just just more office work and obviously still being outside as a tournament director on uh, during the weekdays and some weekends, but it's also incorporating the office life. And that's something that I kind of want to you know, give thanks to Mike Cust and and Nick. Um, both of them just basically, you know, gave me the opportunity to to do something else uh, at Diamond Nation and just gave me, you know, 
more look on what everything is done behind the scenes at Diamond Nation, not just for a collegiate baseball team. And it's 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 been a blessing. I'm you know, and I like I said before, it's nothing but love to Diamond Nation. Unfortunately, I'm not there anymore just because of you know time and scheduling and and stuff like that. But I definitely I definitely hope I have some kind of future uh, with Diamond Nation, and I just have nothing but love for them. I think you might catch some heat for calling New Brunswick and the Bridgewater Flemington area South Jersey, but we'll uh we'll leave that aside given that you're you're uh, from way up north there. So I'll let you I'll let you take a pass on that one and we'll see what what people have to say about that a little bit later on. But I think it's important to note just how you say like year over year, the first year you're kind of out with your feet on the ground making sure things are happening the right way on the field. And then that second year, you're able to get in the office and all the stuff that everybody checks out online. Who Who's in my pool? Where am I in the standings? What time does my game start? You know, are the umpires here? Is the scoreboard correct? Like from coaching at Diamond Nation, like that's the stuff that we focus on. And again, I mean, like I've said before, if if you guys want things done for your baseball team from an operational standpoint, if you want them done the right way, you got the guy to call right here. Let Rigo know. And he's going to figure that out for you as long as somebody hasn't taken his time first, because it, it appears that you got quite the resume built up, man, and you're you're uh, you're in high demand. So it's awesome to to see how important again, just to reiterate how important that behind the scenes stuff is. And to see I think that's part of the game that not a not enough light gets shed on. But again, if if it wasn't there for guys on my side, whether it be coaching now or playing previously, if that stuff wasn't handled to the high level that you handle it our whole operation breaks down too. As you said, you know, you hope you have a relationship with those guys in the future. And I know you got some time left, obviously, you know, the fall semester is winding down and then we still got to play the season in the spring at Rutgers. What are your hopes for the future from a baseball position? Are you still looking to stay in sports and in baseball the way you were when you came out of high school? What What is the next step from a baseball ops perspective as it applies to the rest of your career? Yeah, for sure. So right now, obviously, you know, everything's up in the air just because of the fact that, you know, with the season coming along, you know, I'm not really too worried on what happens, you know, after the season. I'm kind of just focused on the season right now. Um, but I definitely, I'm definitely going to be staying in baseball and hopefully given an opportunity, whether it's, you know, at Diamond Nation or whether it's, you know, in professional baseball or in collegiate baseball, you know, I'm, I'm open to anything. And, and I'm just, you know, hoping that I'm getting, I'm given that opportunity come, you know, post-grad, grad school uh, at the end of, of August. Awesome, man. So from where you sit right now, if you could have your dream job in baseball, what would that be? I mean, vice. Uh, I I'd say vice president for the for the New York Mets, but obviously, you know, it you you're not gonna get that job, you know, right from the jump. It's working your way up. So that's why, you know, I had that whole mentality of, you know, it doesn't matter where you start, it matters where you end. So you know, if I have to start at a low, you know, a low a low you know level job, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It, it matters on how I use that experience to make me a better person to get me to that final goal. 
Right. If we keep that love for the game at the forefront of our mentality, then the opportunities continue to arise, right? Just like a guy, like we had Fitzy on a couple of days ago, like a guy like that who, yeah, the Brewers drafted him and now he's got to work his way up through the system because we all want to be big leaguers, right? I know from my perspective, like if somebody asked me that question right now, I would say, yeah, I want to, when Buck Showalter finally retires, I want to be the manager of the New York Mets, right? So, but again, you know, I, Coaching at the high school level right now has been a blast. Being a pitching coach at the college level has been a ton of fun. And like you said, if we can rally around that love for the game, then the sky the sky's the limit. So, you know, hopefully, you know, if you get that VP job a couple of years from now, just know there's gonna be a coach in waiting if anything, uh, if anything sure. opens up. No, you you'll definitely be the first one I I uh, I, I contact. I appreciate you, brother. Hopefully I've built up as big a resume uh, as you have by then to get to that point. <laughs> um, so what I want to close this out with here is the same thing I've been asking everybody on the pod, give us, give us a shout out into your support system. The people that have helped you get to this point, how important have your parents been in getting you to where you need to be now, the rest of your family, anybody that's in your support system that you want to show some love to just give them a shout out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it kind of goes, I mean, you kind of, you kind of hit it too. Uh, my mom, my dad, my brother, my, my core support system, they've always been there, you know, supporting me every step of the way, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I'm happy and I can say that I'm blessed to have a, a support system like them because they've never known to me. They've always supported any decision that I've made when it comes to, you know, trying to find an internship job or staying down in uh, South Jersey um, <laughs> for, the, for the summer and just living on my own. Just, you know, to get that experience and put that on my resume, you know, they've never said know to me and they've always tried to help me out as much as possible and it's definitely something that i can say that i'm i'm blessed with like i said before just because you know it's important to have a support system i feel like you know by having a a support system it just makes you and helps you like work harder um and it's not only my parents my brother you know i have a bunch of friends a bunch of former uh teammates in the uh from baseball that have always you know and still stick by my side and are always, you know, that that one person or, you know, that one group of people that can be like, okay, if I'm if I'm struggling with something, I can always go to them for help. And it's something that, you know, I can say that that I'm 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 really, really thankful for um for having them. Yeah, the value of that support system cannot be overstated, right? Like the people that are in our corner, um, as much as we like to sit here and think that we've built these resumes for ourselves and we, we've we've grinded to get ourselves to to the positions that we're in, if it's not for the people behind us, right? Like we talk about your job being behind the scenes, man, and making sure that the operation runs smoothly. There's people behind the scenes, all of us, that are making sure our operation runs smoothly. So awesome that you can provide that perspective and just shed some light on the on the people that have meant so much to you getting to this point. Uh, Rigo, it's been, it's been a ton of fun, man. Before, uh, before I let you go here, let the people know how they can get at you on social media. Let them know, uh, your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever, wherever they can find you. Yes, sir. So uh, on, on Instagram, you can just put Rodrigo.e5 and my Twitter will be my first and last name. So Rodrigo Spinell with the, with the one at the end. Awesome, man. Yeah, we'll give you a shout out. We'll make sure uh, you get tagged so that you can get the love that you deserve. Listen, man, I appreciate you coming on uh, coming on with me today. It's been a ton of fun and uh, close out the semester strong. Make sure those grades stay high and let's get uh, let's get the Knights into the NCAA tournament this year. Huh? Yes, sir. Thank, thank you for having me. And 
I'm happy. I'm happy that you know you're getting into this whole podcasting, and I'm just I can't wait to see where you get uh where where, where this goes. I appreciate the love, brother. Thanks again, and uh, we'll talk soon. For Rodrigo Espinal, I'm your host, Eric Reardon. This has been the Green Grass and White Bases podcast. We're signing off. This one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game.